Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Bank earnings resumed this morning with Morgan Stanley and Bank of America set to report that's after mixed results from lenders last week. We get a preview from Bloomberg Intelligence senior analyst Allison Williams. Net interest income is going to be the key variable that we're going to be looking at for Bank of America. And that's after we saw upside to both the quarterly numbers as well as guidance on that particular line items from some of the biggest banks last week. Bank of America should get some benefit from the card loans where we have saw some good growth. They do have some exposure there. However, weakness on the commercial and industrial side could be a negative. As for Morgan Stanley, the deposit costs are a factor for them, but really the bigger picture is going to be on the trading and fee side of things, just because that tends to be a little bit more volatile. Equity trading is a weak spot this quarter. Fees are steadying, but they're setting at pre-pandemic levels. Are there some signs of hope going into the second half, or will that be pushed out till 2024? Allison Williams with Bloomberg Intelligence says flows for June could be key for Morgan Stanley. The bank saw those steady in May after seasonal outflows in April. Meantime, Nathan, Wall Street banks will face stiffer rules on mortgage capital than their global peers. Bloomberg News has learned the change is part of a sweeping overhaul due to be unveiled by regulators at the end of this month. Bloomberg's Katanga Johnson breaks down the changes. What this measure will require is for banks to put more capital aside to help buffer against any potential defaults or losses. And while there are certain standards that globally that banks of all sizes will um, be imposed to the U.S. Standards go just a little bit beyond. And Bloomberg's Katanga Johnson says the FDIC, the Fed, and the Office of the Controller of the Currency are declining to comment on the move. We're told the regulators are likely to unveil the changes on July 27th. Well, the economy is going to be in focus as well this morning, Karen. When we get retail sales data for June, economists forecast a solid half percent gain. We get more from Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee. Americans likely spent more during June as auto sales and other discretionary purchases rose, helping boost sales, an increase in consumer sentiment brought on in part by lower gasoline prices. Retail sales are calculated on a dollar basis, so gas will be a drag on the numbers, but it means there was more available to spend on other things. June is usually a good month at outdoor and gardening stores, and home remodeling has been relatively strong. Inflation's contribution to the data is shrinking, so the headline numbers will give a little clearer picture of the consumer economy. Good numbers should lift markets as the outlook tilts more towards a soft landing. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Michael, thank you. Well, turning to geopolitics now, tensions between the U.S. and China continue to take center stage. We're learning the U.S. plans to limit investments in ships, AI, and quantum computing in China, likely by next year. At the same time, though, the scope of those limits is being cut back. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has details from Washington. 
the Biden administration's plans to restrict investments in China will be narrowly focused on cutting-edge technology, only new investments, and likely won't take effect until next year. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen tells Bloomberg the restrictions are narrowly targeted. They would focus on a few sectors, in particular semiconductors, quantum computing, and artificial intelligence. This is part of the administration's effort to limit China's capabilities in developing next-gen tech, but the original scale of the program has been cut back to include only new investments and not the biotech and energy sectors. Sources tell Bloomberg officials want a proposal by the end of next month. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. And while the White House looks to restrict investment in China, it's also looking for common ground with Beijing on climate change. Special climate envoy John Kerry met today with China's Premier Li Qiang. Negotiations are aimed at a series of issues, including global climate targets, methane abatement, and the use of coal-fired power. And turning to corporate news now, Nathan, it could take a little more time for Microsoft to close its takeover of Activision. The original deadline for the $69 billion deal was today. The companies are still waiting for final regulatory approvals, including a key one in the U.K. In the meantime, big tech more broadly has been on a tear, Karen. The Nasdaq 100 has gained 43 percent this year. That has some on Wall Street worried about a pullback, including ARK Investment Management CEO Kathy Wood. She tells us notes of caution are popping up in equity markets. You know what's interesting is to see funds having nice moves and flows not follow. I think there's a wall of worry up uh, out there. It is about further interest rate increases, uh, what's going to break next. It's about a hard landing. Kathy Wood says she's still focused on growth tied to artificial intelligence. She's buying shares of companies that could benefit from the technology. Stay tuned for more of our interview with the ARK Investment CEO. It's coming up shortly on Bloomberg Daybreak. Well, despite those concerns from Kathy Wood, Nathan, investors are bullish on tech, and they expect a soft landing for the U.S. economy. Those are the findings of Bank of America's latest global survey. It shows 68 percent of fund managers expect an economic slowdown without a recession, and being long on big tech stocks topped the list of most crowded trades in the survey. And this is Bloomberg. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A Florida judge who issued a court ruling last year that critics said was unduly favorable to former President Donald Trump is set to preside over the first pretrial conference in his landmark criminal case concerning the willful retention of classified documents. Prosecutors and defense lawyers are scheduled to appear today before U.S. District Judge Aline Cannon. They will discuss the rules and procedures that will govern how classified evidence is used in the case. Meanwhile, Donald Trump has suffered another legal defeat. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports this one in Georgia. Trump had attempted to have the election probe stopped, and the Georgia Supreme Court said no. The decision? Unanimous. An announcement from Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis is expected soon to announce whether a grand jury has brought indictments in the case. Trump's attorneys have argued that Georgia's special grand jury process is generally unconstitutional and that the DA has been permitted to turn the 2020 election probe into, quote, a jerry-rigged investigative weapon, end quote. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. House Democrats introduced a resolution to censure Republican Congressman George Santos of New York. Fellow New York Representative Richie Torres, a Democrat, says Santos, quote, repeatedly lied to voters in his district. 
the breadth and depth of his deception is so staggering that it cries out for congressional punishment. Congressman Torres says after seven months of delay by the House Republicans, doing nothing is no longer an option. Phoenix is set to break a record today with heat. Phoenix tied a record yesterday of 18 straight days of 110 degrees or higher, and the forecast is for it to be 117 degrees every day through the end of the week. Hollywood's historic double strike continues as actors have joined writers on the picket line. Entertainment attorney Jonathan Handel says the studios and unions aren't anywhere close to an agreement. I have a fear that there may be nothing in the current dynamic that will drive parties, the parties back to the table until the Oscars. Actors are demanding higher pay and AI protections. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashow. Thanks, Nathan. The losses just mounting for the Yankees. Seven of the last nine, 16 of the last 27. The Yankees are in sole possession of last place this late in the season for the first time since 1990. In Anaheim, just like the day before in Denver, Yanks had a late 3-1 lead. Seventh inning, Shohei Otani up as the tying run. Here's the pitch. He swings and drives the ball deep out in the left center field. It's out by the wall. And that one is out of here. They pitch to Otani and he burns them. And tonight on this Monday night, it is showtime. KLAA Angels would then score 10th inning to win 4-3. to The Yanks struck out 17 times. Giancarlo Stan and Anthony Rizzo combined 0 for 10, striking out five times. Yanks got a good start. From Luis Severino, then Michael King came in, got only two outs, walked three, gave up that Otani homer, which was his 35th. He's on pace to hit 60. Red Sox won 7-0 in Oakland, a combined one-hitter with 18 strikeouts, and that drops the Yanks to sole possession of the seller. As expected, the deadline passed. No new long-term deal for the Giants' Saquon Barkley. Same thing happened to a couple of other top running backs. The Raiders' Josh Jacobs, the Cowboys' Tony Pollard, all figured to play on the franchise tag, although... Barkley may not be in a hurry to sign it. He can then skip training camp and not be fine. The sale of the Washington Commanders from Dan Snyder to Josh Harris, unanimously approved by the NFL Finance Committee, heads to a vote of all the owners. The Jets reluctantly agreed to be on HBO's Hard Knocks training camp reality show. They demanded that scenes where they cut players not be shown. John Stash Edward, Bloomberg Sports. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Kathy Wood, she is a big name on Wall Street, known for her bets on tech companies like Tesla, Twitter, and NVIDIA. She did miss out on the latest gains for NVIDIA, though, selling shares before the AI craze sent the chip maker soaring. Well, now... We're getting Kathy Wood's view on the broader tech industry and what's next for equities in the space. The ARK Investment Management CEO sat down for an interview with our colleagues Carol Masser and Matt Miller late yesterday. Let's listen into that conversation now with Kathy Wood. Kathy, nice to have you back. Matt and I were just talking before we got going. NASDAQ 100 up more than 40%. Best first half for the index. Investors are definitely chasing risk this year. Anything that feels euphoric irrationally in your view that maybe we need a little bit of a correction here? You know what's interesting is to see funds having nice moves and flows not follow. I don't think, I think there's a wall of worry up uh, out there. It is about further interest rate increases, uh, what's going to break next. It's about a hard landing. It's about a hard landing in the context of now China and Europe uh, really struggling and how will that reverberate. So uh, we actually think that, um, and we've been saying this for some time, that uh, deflation is the bigger risk out here. And I think we're going to see an unwinding of auto prices, that the Ford F-150 Lightning's uh, price decline is going to be the first of many, uh, many auto uh, cuts that we'll see. And if you remember during the early stage of COVID and the supply shocks, uh, at one point, the combination of used cars and new cars accounted for a third of the increase in inflation. I think you'll see that on the downside here. Uh, And we're gonna get to 2% inflation, I think much faster than many people think with perhaps a, a, a harder landing, more for corporate margins than anything else. Because if you see this discounting and you see consumers respond to discounts, maybe real growth kind of I I still think we'll have a harder landing, but maybe with price declines, uh, we'll stave that off that hard landing for a while. Well, we were hearing investors say that inflation is no longer concern number one. Growth is really what um, the market is concerned about now. And so you think we're going to have a recession, Kathy? Yeah, if you if you look at uh, real corporate revenue growth, it's down 1.1% year over year as of, uh, that was as of the first quarter. That is consistent with gross domestic income uh, down 1.1%. This is real gross domestic income down 1.1% year over year. Gross domestic income and gross domestic product over time equal one another. It's an identity. Uh, But the information flows are different. And income, you get a lot from the uh, IRS, uh, a lot of income data. The, The 
product data, product and service data, uh, is a little bit more sampled and uh, erratic, but over time. So we could already be in that uh, downturn, and the GDP numbers will just catch up later on. What about um, the inflation numbers? I mean, we come down over the last year from 9.1% CPI to 3. That's pretty quick. And, you know, I've talked to you a couple of times in the last couple of years, and you've mentioned a concern about deflation rather than inflation. Do you think we're going to start to see that coming as we see it in other major economies, most notably China? Yes, it's very interesting that to China, Chinese deflation is, so their price uh, prices are down, according to the PPI, 5.4% year over year. And I do believe they are going to export it uh, over time. So uh, yes, we do think we're going to see price deflation, but there are two flavors of deflation. There's good and there's bad. The good deflation has to do with innovation. And we have centered our research around five major platforms, all of which are technologically enabled and deflationary. And they're becoming a bigger part of the pie. Uh, electric vehicle sales, for example, uh, Tesla's making sure that it's passing along the cost declines from uh, its drive uh, electric drivetrains uh, to consumers so that it can sustain demand. Uh, anything having to do with innovation, uh, com the best companies are going to pass those costs along to the consumers. And so uh, I think you're going to see much broader base deflation in uh, not only the transportation uh, sector, but perhaps everywhere, because artificial intelligence training costs, AI training costs, are dropping, get this, 70% per year. Wow. 70% per year. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the good deflation. It's causing booms in activity. But uh, we do know that disruptive innovation will disturb or disintermediate the traditional world order. Uh, think electric vehicles and gas-powered vehicles. You know, these auto companies, 90 to 95% of their revenues are still tied to the internal combustion engine. So, Kathy, when people talk about AI, do you think it's going to upend the labor market substantially? The history of technology over time is that um, it's a, a net job creator. In the short term, you'll see some displacement, you'll need some retraining. Uh, but I, I, I like to remind people about the internet. In the early days of the internet, when we were trying to figure out what it was and how it was going to work, um, we had no idea uh, about Uber or Airbnb, businesses that could not exist without the internet. And I think the same is going to be true in the AI uh, world as well. I think it's going to be a tremendous boon to productivity. It is the equivalent for knowledge workers mm -hmm. uh, of uh, the assembly line the, uh, in the industrial age. This is the new assembly line. And, you know, what happened because of the original assembly line? Well, a lot of people left the farms. Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of farmers then and moved into uh, businesses and activities that they didn't dream were possible before that. And I think the same will prove true now. Hey. Love it. Love it. A little Henry Ford history there. I like it. <laughs> love, love, love. No, but it's like this big picture. One thing I want to ask you, kind of whittling it down a little bit, you know, one of the things in the in the headlines today has to do about Dow Jones. You did an interview and you talked about Twitter and writing down your stake in Twitter by, I think, about 47% since Elon took it over. You're still bullish long term. So help me understand that write down against a long-term bullish view? 
Sure. Uh, that We have no choice in this. This is, uh, we have a pricing committee. Uh, uh, we calculate our net asset value for the uh, the ARC Venture Fund every day. Mm -hmm. And we get a lot of markers. There's trading on the secondary market, uh, less so with Twitter. We are trying to find some Twitter. We'd love to buy some at this level. Uh, but while a Fidelity has marked it down and some of the other uh, large uh, managers have marked their uh, uh, positions down dramatically, uh, uh, based on, yes, we are still getting information about advertising sales not uh, picking up dramatically yet, but they're in very early stage with uh, with Linda joining the team. Uh, we'd love to buy it. We think uh, longer term, we think that uh, Elon understands what a super app is. After all, he did get started in the payment space and sold his company to PayPal. Uh, in the last week, uh, uh, Twitter has gotten uh, money transmitter licenses uh, from three or four states, and they're going to cover the land. Mm -hmm. And you know, WeChat Pay taught us a lot uh, about what a super app is in terms of uh, not only information flow, but uh, financial activities and commerce. Uh, so we think uh, Elon has grand plans. And, you know, it's also been interesting. I think some of these markdowns may be a result of threads. I don't know. Uh, I don't get involved in that decision making. Uh, but if you look at threads already, uh, the engagement activity is plummeting. I think people know that uh, threads is no Twitter. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.